Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome in to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am Ashley, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. We are going to be talking about your studio policy, and a studio policy is one of the most important parts of your business, and I've talked about it before, so if you're a long-time listener, you've probably heard me on my soapbox talking about studio policies a lot. And if you're new to the podcast, then welcome in. You are in for a lot of good information. Okay. And today is part one of this two-part series that I'm going to do. So today we're going to talk about things that absolutely need to be included in your studio policy so that you can communicate clearly with your current clients, with your potential clients. Part two, I'm going to actually give you a really simple formula that you can use to have difficult conversations with your clients about your policies. Okay. So whether that's implementing new policies, whether that is reinforcing policies that already exist, you're going to get a really simple formula. Now in today's episode and next week's episode, so part one and part two, I'm going to walk you through real life examples for both of these. And so there's going to be just some really, really great practical takeaways from these examples. Now, we are doing these episodes at the perfect time of year as well, because it is the new year, right? If you're listening to this episode on the day that it was released, then it's January 1st, happy new year. And there is no right time to release new policies. You can do it when the school year starts. You can do it at the new year. You can do it in the middle of the year, in the middle of a month. There's no rules. It's your business, right? And you get to do it how you want. So we're going to dive in today and we're going to go over a couple of concepts and then I'm going to give you some real life examples that we're going to work through together. Now, I want to start today's episode out by telling you that if you are frustrated by one of your students or a family of your students, it is a big signal that you are letting them treat you in a way that you don't like. Okay. This is not their fault. It doesn't matter. I don't want to get blamey. I don't want to point fingers, but this is not their fault. This is actually your fault. Okay. Because your studio policy teaches your clients how to treat you. And I want you to let that sink in for a minute. Your studio policy teaches clients how to treat you. So when you have families that are canceling their lessons and emailing you at all hours of the night, asking to reschedule those lessons, and you're frantically scrambling to find makeup lesson times, of course, they're going to keep doing that. Of course, they're not going to value their piano lesson time because you have never told them they should. You, all of your actions are showing them that they can put piano at the bottom of the priority list and that you will reschedule it for them. And that you will even maybe take time out of your weekend or time out of your personal schedule to reschedule the lessons that they can't make it to, right? And the same thing goes with collecting payments. The same thing goes with, uh, well, a lot of stuff about money, but we'll stick with collecting payments. So when you are frustrated because you're having to send someone repeated emails about the fact that they haven't paid and they're not paying and they're late on their payment, um, you're yes, you're communicating that they need to pay on time, but you're not really doing anything as a business owner to ensure that that happens, 
right? And these kinds of interactions, they take your power away, but nobody's actually taking it. You're kind of giving it away. And there are things that you can do to change this. There are policies that you can put in place so that you don't have to deal with any of this anymore. And um, we're going to talk about that. So you show people how to treat you. You teach people how to treat you and how to interact with your business. Okay. So these issues with collecting payments or rescheduling lessons, it's not because of the, the families. And it's easy to keep a victim mindset. It's easy to think like, oh, you know, I wish I could have a better studio, but my students wouldn't do that. Or I wish I could do it this way, but my students would quit. And that is giving away all of your control, all of your power, putting it all on the client. And that's kind of like a reverse role here. We want you to have control. We want you to have the power because this is your business. So when you are having issues collecting payments, rescheduling lessons, having repeated conversations over and over that you don't want to be having, it's likely because of two reasons. One, you are not communicating clearly enough. In other words, you don't currently have policies in place to combat the issues you're having, or you do have policies in place to combat the issues that you're having, but they're not written in a way that is easy for your clients to understand. Okay. And that's what we're going to dive in today in part one is communicating clearly. And then the other issue that you have with your studio policy, if you are struggling with those repeated conversations that are frustrating, is that you are not enforcing your policies in like a, a very clear or healthy way. And so in part two next week, we're going to be talking about a really simple formula that you can use to enforce your studio policies that works every time that allows you to kind of like leave the drama and just be really clear, really concise, really short, and it ends conversations that you don't want to be having anymore. Okay. So I'm so excited for this two-part series. So let's dive in. So 90% of the issues that I see teachers complaining about could be fixed with better or clearer studio policies, just point blank. That is just the, the reality of what I see. And I spend a lot of time talking to teachers in my Facebook group, um, Instagram DMs, and also just looking at other teachers' questions in Facebook groups because I'm a part and, you know, on other platforms as well. I'm a part of some piano teacher Facebook groups. And so often I see teachers being so frustrated by the situations that they are in. And I wish that I had the time every time I see those posts to like explain how it could be different or how it could be better. Um, but I don't. And that's kind of why I'm doing this episode. So I want you to uh, use what we go over in this episode to help you do like a total overhaul of your studio policies. Okay. And it doesn't matter if you're doing it mid-January or mid-year, you can enact new policies at any point that you want. Okay. All right. Um, so as we go forward, I want you to, we're going to go through these real examples, but I want you from this point on in your business, anytime you hear yourself blaming a student or a family for your reality, I want you to stop. Okay. This is an opportunity for you to ask yourself what new policy or operating procedure can I enact in my business to prevent this issue in the future? Okay. And this is something that I started doing a long time ago. Anytime I felt uncomfortable, anytime I was having a conversation that annoyed me, anytime I felt like I was wasting time in my business, I used it as an opportunity to just stop for a second and either write it down, put a voice memo in my phone, or take a note to come up with a solution for the issue that I was having that would work long-term, that had the best chance of solving this issue forever. 
right? Because I was not interested in continuing to get frustrated or continuing to waste time having these conversations that I didn't want to have. I, I was too busy. I wanted to practice my own stuff. I wanted to perform. I had my own child. I had my own family. Like there are things that we all need to be doing ahead of having obnoxious conversations that we don't want to have or wasting time repeating the same thing over and over to many different people throughout the week. So when you are starting to feel that like internal, like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. This is so annoying. I, this is a waste of my time. Stop. Put a pin in it and come back to it if you don't have time right at that moment and figure out a long-term solution. Now, what we're going to get into today is that a lot of the times the long-term solution is something you can add to your studio policy. Okay. And you can either immediately change the studio policy today. Any new student that I take on now has this new policy in there. And then you can also come up with a transitional plan of like how to get that policy out to your current students. You can do it immediately. You know, you can have like a Google Doc studio policy that you update and you just email families when you make updates to the policy and, and they can look at it, right? Okay, so let's dive in to some of the really specific situations. And I actually pulled these from groups that I'm in. Okay, so these are real examples, either from people that I've coached, um, that I've helped them work through these issues, or examples that I saw that I really wanted to give advice on, um, that I thought would make a really good example. I tried to pull examples that I have seen like repeatedly. So these are the most common things that I see come up with piano teachers and the most common things that I'm coaching people through. We're going to break them down and we're going to come up with some policies for these issues. All right, so let's get started. So the first one that we're going to talk about is parents not helping students practice. Several weeks ago, on December 5th, someone posted in a Facebook group for piano teachers and was asking for advice for a parent of a student that was basically saying, like, I'm not going to help my, my kids practice. I, I don't want to help them practice. It's a waste of my time. I don't have time to help them practice, so I'm not going to do it. And the teacher was really, really frustrated about this because the teacher, obviously, um, it came through in the post that they had an expectation that the parents would be a part of the student's practice. Now, this one in particular wasn't a coaching client, and so I did not have access to their studio policy. But this is a good point. If Imagine you in this situation, maybe you've been in this situation before, and you're really frustrated by the fact that this parent is being so obstinate about helping their child practice. And so enact a policy, create a policy, right? And as a part of your studio policies in the practice section, you now have a policy that says, for students in my studio between the age of X and X, parents must help students practice for X amount of minutes a week or parents must be present for students practice three times a week or five times a week or 45 minutes a day, right? And you just, you put it in the studio policy. And then when any new student joins your studio, that policy is going to filter out the students that aren't willing to do that. Or I should say the parents that aren't willing to do that, right? And if you were to enact that policy in your studio right now, you might have some people quit because you might have some parents that say, um, I don't want to do that right? Like that's not what I thought we were signing on for. And I don't want to sit and practice with my child. I don't have the time to do that. In which case you can say goodbye to those students, because if you have an expectation that the parents are going to help the students practice, then put it in the policy. And then it's clear, it's clear cut. And you're going to filter out the people that you ultimately don't want to work with. The people that are going to feel like they are sucking all of your time, your energy, your effort. Okay. Now I should say when I am going through all of these policies, I prefer to have a very well put together, very professional policy that every single student sees when they sign up for lessons or that all of my new students have, to, or excuse me, all of my old students have to get on board with if I'm enacting new policies. 
but we're all gonna have those exceptions, right? And maybe you're like, well, that's a great policy, but what about this one student that I really love who I know the parents don't help them practice, but I don't wanna lose them. Well, then you can make an exception for those students because guess what? It's your business and you can do whatever you want. So if you have a couple of students whose parents don't help them practice or who maybe practice fine enough on their own and this policy doesn't apply to them, you still give them the studio policy and you send them a personal note that says, you'll notice that I have a new policy around parents being present for the students' practice sessions. I know that this isn't the setup in your house and your situation actually works perfectly. I don't need you to abide by this policy. This policy is for everyone else, right? And you are allowed to do that because it is your business. And there's always going to be the front facing part of your business. And then there's always going to be the internal part of your business. Okay. And the internal part of your business, that's where it's beautiful because you can make it what you want. And I'm not saying you should be dishonest or that you should lie in your policy or anything like that. But I'm just saying that it's better to have really good business practices that work for 99% of the people. And then occasionally you can make a choice to make an exception. Because the flip side of that is that you don't have good studio policies and then everything is chaos, right? <laughs> I mean, in short of it, everything is chaos. And none of the parents know that they have to sit and practice with their students or with their children because you didn't communicate that to them. Okay, let's dive into another example. So missing lessons. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a blank statement. This is something that I've coached a lot of people through and this is something that I also see a lot of drama about um, with other teachers. So missing lessons could look like people are no-shows, they're not showing up for lessons. It could look like people are um, canceling with 24 hours and requesting a refund or requesting a makeup lesson. It could be that you have families that kind of abuse the makeup lesson and they're canceling all the time and it's like they never come to their regular time and you're always having to find a makeup lesson. I'm kind of, this is, this situation is describing all of that. Okay. Um, and so many teachers are really frustrated when their students don't prioritize their piano lessons over their other activities. Um, and you'll often see teachers or I'll hear teachers come to me and say, like, I'm really frustrated. It seems like, you know, piano is always getting put to the backside and they're always canceling for soccer games or for dance or for insert whatever other activity is. And you are you know, working to process refunds. You are giving them credits for their next month of lessons. You are spending time and energy communicating with these families and accommodating their schedules. Now, why would they ever prioritize practice if what you are showing them with your actions is that they don't need to, right? Like if, if you're willing and, and able to reschedule their lessons, to credit their next month's tuition, to give them refunds, why Why would they prioritize piano? The other activities certainly won't do that, right? Like if your child is on a soccer team and they're sick and they can't make it to soccer practice, does the coach reschedule the entire practice for the one kid that was sick? No, because there's a lot of other people on that team and there's no way that they could logistically do that. So if you have a life, which you do, and you have things going on outside of your business, why should you be giving up your personal time or rescheduling students and wait and, and accommodating people like that? And the answer is you probably shouldn't, right? Because in doing so, you are literally showing people you don't need to prioritize piano. You can prioritize all of your other activities that won't allow you to reschedule, that won't give you refunds, that won't credit your missed soccer practice to the next you know, term of soccer, uh, not soccer lessons, <laughs> um, to the next term of soccer, right? None of your other activities are gonna do that, but I will do that for you. And so you don't need to prioritize piano practice or piano lessons, okay? And I know that that might sound really extreme if you've never thought about it this way, but that is what you're doing if you are willing to credit, refund, reschedule lessons. And so 
if you find yourself in one of those situations, I would highly suggest that you create a policy to, to combat that. So if you have a lot of students that are wanting lessons rescheduled and you are bending over backwards, you know, giving up your weekend time, giving up your personal time, your schedule is chaos. You feel like you don't have any consistency in your schedule because people are always asking for makeup lessons. No makeup lessons, new policy. I don't do makeup lessons. And all of a sudden you better watch that your students are going to prioritize piano just as much as they prioritize every activity, because now you have the same rules as every other activity. Right. Um, there are, of course, lots of other in-between things. You could have a flex day where maybe you have a calendar link and you say Friday is my makeup lesson time. If you can't make your makeup lesson, I have two a two hour chunk on Friday. If it's open, you can make up a lesson. But if not, sorry, you just have to cancel and you don't get a refund and you don't get a makeup. Right. There's a lot of like in-between ways that you could do this. But I prefer the no makeup policy because it's very clear. It's very easy. It's very simple. There is no room for gray area. And the cool thing about it is that once you stop doing makeup lessons, there might be a transitional period of like a month or two where you still have a lot of people that might ask you to reschedule. And next week's episode of the podcast is going to help you with that. But then they stop asking, right? After, after so many times of asking and, and you, you saying the same thing over and over again of like, sorry, as per the policy, there's no makeup lessons, or I don't have any other time slots to put them in, then they stop asking and they learn that that's not something they can do. And all of a sudden they either quit or they prioritize piano lessons. And if you want a studio that's full of students that prioritizes piano lessons, then teach them how to do that, right? Teach them through your studio policies, how to prioritize piano lessons as much or more than they prioritize other activities. And that is what you will have. Okay, um, another example, I should say, this is the last example we'll go through, would be late payments, okay? So why um, late payments is a big issue. People not paying on time, people having to send invoices, people having to send like reminder emails or reminder texts about payments or implementing late policies or excuse me, late fees, all of that. All of that is very complicated. There's so many steps, right? If you're sending an invoice manually and then you are requiring parents to pay you by cash or check or Venmo or Zelle or something like that, they have to one, see the invoice and two, remember to pay you. And I can, sp I can speak as a business owner and as a parent. If something is not on auto pay for my daughter's activities, I won't do it. I know that might sound really harsh, but I don't have the time or energy or capacity as like a single mom to remember to pay for her activities. So I either pay all the way up front in the beginning um, or I put it on auto pay, right? And if I have to make a payment, I, I, I don't do it because I know what it's like to be a business owner that has people miss payments with me and I don't want to be that person, okay? And... I will say that's only ever been an issue like once or twice because the majority of her activities, ballet, swimming, she's done soccer, and she's not in all of these things right now. But over the years when she has done all of these separate activities, they all offer pay in full, keep your credit card on file, we'll charge it, or auto pay, right? And so I'm not responsible for manually paying someone because that's actually, it takes a lot of time and energy and mental space to remember to do that for busy parents. So anyway, that was a little bit of a precursor, but if you are struggling with late payments, offer auto pay. Okay. Use something like Fonz, which I talk about all the time, um, to automate all of the payments and invoicing. Right. And this is even better if you're charging a flat rate every month, because if you're charging a flat rate every month, not only is it on auto pay and it's super seamless and you don't have to micromanage it, the parents don't have to think about it. And it's also easier for the parents to budget when they're paying the same amount every month. It's really 
like mentally confusing for me as a parent when my daughter's activities change amounts or like when the billing is overly complicated for no reason like her dance classes I love this dance place and so we stay there but the way that they do tuition is it's due in two separate payments but the first payment has like all of the registration fees and the um like the recital costume and all of that added on to it and so it ends up being like two wildly different amounts and I almost wish that they would either like make it a monthly amount that was the same or two payments that were equal or you know what I mean like it's just it seems needlessly complicated and it's hard for me to remember what the amounts are so anytime you can make payments like one easy they don't have to remember to pay you because it's automated two you're not invoicing them because it's the same every month um and three it automatically charges because you're using a payment processing platform like Fonz oh my gosh the time you save the conversations you save the energy you save the the easier it is for your students okay it's such a different energy with money when you don't have to collect it yourself and when you can trust that it's going to show up in your account and when your students can trust that they are paying you for their for your services and they don't need to worry about all of these like late fees and things like that which to me just feels like a really icky energy it's so much easier for everyone. And so if you are finding yourself having all these conversations around billing or late payments or warning people or reminding people, make a policy. Just start using auto pay. Make it the same amount every, same amount every month and make sure you factor in your time and energy outside of lessons. And then bam, all of those conversations are solved. And you no longer have to have those conversations because you have a policy that makes it really easy and really clear. Okay? Now... I know that was a lot. We just went through a lot and we went through three very specific examples. And next week we're going to go through some more like gray area examples of like, you know, just conversations that might not come up all the time, but that make you uncomfortable or, you know, conversations where, you know, the answer is no, but you're not sure how to communicate that to your student. We're going to talk about, um, one really easy formula that's going to take care of most of that. And then I'm going to give you a couple of other suggestions on ways to go about those situations, you know, either because you have the policy already and someone's pushing back against it or because it's not really something you can create a policy around but you want to be really clear in how you're communicating to your students um now if you take these examples and you want to implement them but you are not sure how right now well you're hearing this on january 1st i'm recording it a little bit earlier right now as i'm recording it i have one business coaching spot open for one-on-one -on -one. i also I'm going to, I haven't, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to tease you a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to tease it here on the podcast. Nobody knows this, but I am in the process of actually creating a, something really exciting, something really exciting that is going to get this information into your hands in a deeper way. Those of you that want it. And so that is also coming. And in that, I'm not even going to tell you what it is yet, but in that offer, I will say, or in my one-on-one -on -one coaching I have like all of the templates that you can use to, to one, create these new policies in a way that's super clear and super easy Two, the emails that you can send to the families about like, you know, these are current students and you're enacting new policies. I have templates for that. I also have templates for new students and onboarding those new students with the policies. So you get all of that in the one-on-one -on -one coaching and then you're going to get all of that in something really exciting that's coming in 2024. Um, and so if you want to do this, but you're not sure how to go about it, go to the description of this episode and um, fill out the business coaching inquiry for now. And we can jump on a call and see if it's a fit. Um, I would be happy to help you with all of that because this is like one of my favorite things to do. Um, I just had a coaching client who implemented new policies. She basically doubled her rates. 
She went to automated payments. She got rid of her makeup policy. And I think she had, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have her on the podcast probably, but I think she had like maybe five students out of like, she had a lot of students, like 23, like five, five quit and the rest carried on. And the wild thing is she's now going to be making more money than she was before with less students because she raised her rates. So it was really cool. And it's been really cool to watch her feel so empowered of like, oh my God, I just, I just like overhauled my business and implemented all this new stuff. And most of the people in my studio were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get on board with this because we're excited to see what you're coming up with. And like, we trust you and believe in you in that much. Um, and I think when you implement new policies, yes, there will be people that quit, but the flip side of that is there's also going to be people that like get really excited for you and that step up and say, yeah, we value you this much and we think you're worth this. And absolutely we will stay on board. And that is just really cool and powerful when that happens. Um, and then the other thing, if you uh, liked this episode, if you got something out of this episode, if you're going to take something and implement it and you've been learning from this podcast, would you please scroll down and give it a five-star rating or whatever star rating you think it deserves? And if you have like literally one minute, would you write a review for the podcast? Because it helps me get more eyes on the podcast. And my goal in starting this podcast was to change as many piano teachers' lives as possible. I want more piano teachers to make more money. I want them to have better businesses that serves their lives better so that they can show up and have the kind of life they want to have and your review helps the podcast get viewed by more people so i would really appreciate it and you will also be kind of paying it forward and helping other piano teachers elevate their businesses and their lives as well by taking just a second to write that review you are amazing happy new year i'm so excited you spent this time with me i can't wait to uh do part two with you next week so make make sure to tune in and until then you can do this you're amazing. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next time. Hey there. Thank you for being here. I love connecting with you every single week. And one of my favorite parts of connecting with you is actually getting to know you. I created a free community for business-minded piano teachers to come together every single week, connect and learn even more tangible strategies for business streamlining and scaling. You can join using the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to get to know you.